Welcome to A Flame for Christ, homilies to set your heart on fire with love for Jesus Christ. My name is Father Joseph Gill, priest of the Diocese of Bridgeport, and you've joined us on Christ the King Sunday. In 410, the city of Rome was sacked by a barbarian tribe known as the Visigoths. And this was the first time in over 800 years that the city of Rome was under foreign occupation. And most historians really consider this to be the fall of the Western Roman Empire. And so naturally, when such a seismic and truly earth-shattering event happens, people want to assign blame. And around that time, a number of people started pointing their fingers at Christians. Because it was only 30 years prior to that that Christianity became the official religion of the Roman Empire. And a lot of people said, well, it's because these Christians came to divide us. No longer are we just simply one religion under the ancient pagan gods. Now we have this new sect among us, which is growing. And so therefore, if we had been stronger, if we had all been united in the same religion, then we would have been able to fight off the Visigoths. In response to this, St. Augustine wrote a very famous book, De Civitate Dei. In other words, in English, the city of God. His premise was that the kingdom of God is not an earthly kingdom. It didn't come to divide the world in terms of a political realm. Rather, the kingdom of Christ is spiritual and it stands in stark contrast to many of the values that the worldly kingdoms of man espouses. So what are some of these characteristics of the kingdom of God? You know, we hear a lot of them in the prayers of today's Mass at Christ the King Sunday, but I just want to mention three of them. The first one is that the kingdom of God is the kingdom of life. God loves life. You know, it's great when you go down to perhaps inner city Bridgeport or Detroit or some of these places where there's a lot of buildings that are falling down, and yet you see that there's vines crawling on it and trees coming out of these empty buildings because when there is no life, God will put life there. He loves life. In fact, the very first command he gave to human beings was, be fruitful and multiply. Go and bring forth life. And he calls all life sacred for human beings from conception until natural death. But God not only loves physical life, he also loves spiritual life as well. In fact, St. Irenaeus once said, the glory of God is man fully alive. The glory of God is man fully alive. That means that when we are truly alive, that's what gives God the greatest pleasure. Truly alive, intellectually, spiritually, physically, in every realm of our being. And so God is a God who loves life, and the kingdom of God is a place where life abounds. But not only is the kingdom of God a place of life, it is also a place of light and truth against the darkness and lies of this world. I don't know about you, but it seems to be harder and harder to find a news source that isn't biased, filled with half-truths and fake news, which I think is why we don't build our life on news sources or current events. We build it on the unchanging truth of what God has revealed through Scripture and through the traditions, teachings of the church. God revealed a great deal to us. He revealed to us what the meaning of life is, that there is everlasting life, the meaning of suffering, how to live out our relationships, how to live a good moral life. He taught us who he is and who we are. And so therefore, if we want to live in the truth, we receive his revelation and live in it. That's part of the kingdom of God. Of course, the evil one doesn't want that at all. After all, as G.K. Chesterton once said, he said, The devil's favorite color is gray. The devil's favorite color is gray. In other words, the evil one tries to deceive and to confuse us about the truth. In fact, we have some pretty fundamental confusions about even what is gender or is there really a God in today's world. But thankfully, if we live in the kingdom of God and we have him as our king, then we are able to enjoy the clarity of light and truth. 
Finally, we can say that the city of God is a place of love. You know, John Paul II, though, had an interesting insight about that the opposite of love is not hate. He said the opposite of love is using, treating another person as a disposable object, seeing them for only what they can produce, associating with people only because they're good-looking or wealthy or it's advantageous for our career. And unfortunately, treating people as disposable objects and to be discarded is only too common. In fact, did you know that in Nordic countries like Sweden and Denmark, 95% of babies that have been diagnosed with Down syndrome are aborted? This is a perfect example of what Pope Francis calls the throwaway culture. In fact, he said these words recently. He said, Human life, the person, are no longer seen as a primary value to be respected and safeguarded. But those who dwell in the kingdom of God see every soul, every person, as worthy of love, regardless of what they look like, what their bank account is, or how much they can produce. So with such great things in the kingdom of God, you know, we have light and truth, we have life, we have love. Why isn't the world drawn to it? Ultimately, it's because our king reigns from a cross. Instead of wearing a crown of gold, he wears a crown of thorns. Instead of a royal scepter in his hands, his hands have been pierced with nails. Because here on this earth, to be in the kingdom of God is to embrace the cross. It's not easy, and it actually costs a great deal. Of course, the saints live this out so perfectly, and a great example of that is St. Aloysius Gonzaga. Aloysius Gonzaga was born to one of the wealthiest families in Italy. He was a noble family, he had lands and a castle, and he himself was going to inherit the title of duke as the oldest son. But he just found this lifestyle just to be just hollow and empty. He spent his younger years in and out of fancy boarding schools, touring the courts of European gentry, and yet he found all these politics and intrigue, the pleasures and frivolity, just to be lacking any substance or any meaning. So when he was only nine years old, he actually consecrated himself to God by a special private vow. And from that time on, he really tried to live a life of prayer and penance, even despite living as a nobleman in the courts of Europe. He would often sneak away from parties to go and pray in front of the Blessed Sacrament. And sometimes he would give up some of the pleasures, like the fancy clothes and the fine foods, and rather just have simple clothes and simple food at his table. Finally, in his late teens, he told his parents that he wanted to become a priest. And his parents were pleased, and they said, that's great, we'll pay the money for you to become a bishop. So you can have a castle and lands and a title. But he said, no, 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 that's not exactly what I mean. I want to become a priest for the glory of God and the salvation of souls. And against his parents' wishes, he joined the Jesuits. And during his novitiate, that's the time when you kind of train to be a a priest or a nun. During the novitiate, he always chose the lowest place. Despite his titles, he never wanted to exalt himself. Rather, he would choose the tasks that were the most menial, such as sweeping the floor or cleaning the, cleaning the dishes. Finally, in 1531, a plague broke out in Rome, and he asked for permission to go and take care of the plague victims. And So he himself would bind their wounds and take care of their sores, would bring them food and medicine. And because of his very hands-on approach to the sick, he himself contracted the plague and died at the young age of 24. But here was a man who had everything that the kingdom of the world offered him, riches, pleasures, titles, and instead he chose the sacrifices of the kingdom of God. My friends, there are indeed two kingdoms that seek our allegiance. One kingdom promises all the pleasures that the world has to offer. The other kingdom promises the cross and the resurrection. Which king commands your loyalty? Your loyalty.